Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Finneran's Wake. I am with unwavering devotion to the cause of great conversation, your faithful friend and humble host, Daniel Finneran. Continuing a trend we've established here on Finneran's Wake, I'm joined today by a man with whom I fear I'm quite undeserving to be speaking. Undeserving, to be sure, though not totally unprepared. For the past couple of months, I've had the absolute pleasure of watching, laughing at, and learning about my distinguished and immensely talented guest, Nima Naz. As it happens, the enjoyment that I've derived from Nima's uproarious content isn't unique to me. To his 260,000 Instagram followers and his 140,000 YouTube subscribers, Nima is a daily fixture and an endless source of humor and joy. He's an impersonator par excellence, an actor, writer, stand-up comedian, and the creator of the Estupid Club and Nima Naz TV. He's just completed a wildly successful tour of the U.S. with stops in Philadelphia, New York City, Dallas, Los Angeles, and finally San Francisco. He continues on with a tour of his native Canada. I can say that we here in Florida eagerly await the announcement of your next countrywide tour with hopes of its making a stop down here. Nima, thank you so very much for agreeing to uh, join me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Daniel. That was a, that was a stellar intro. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> I was working on it for weeks in advance of amazing, this conversation. <laughs> so... I want to get right into it. Your mother, with whom your more devout fans are surely well acquainted, features prominently and quite endearingly in your videos. She is the second half, and some might even say the better half, of your dancing duo, to which your Instagram followers are treated. The warmth of your relationship and the affection you have for her, and she for you, is palpable through the screen. Can you describe your relationship with her and tell us in what ways has she influenced you and your comedy? Yeah, so, I mean, we're very close. It's always been that way. And I feel like I'm an extension of her in a way in terms of my humor because, you know, I get my humor from somewhere, obviously. And my dad's also funny, but, you know, my mom is more so in line with uh, how goofy I am. Um, yeah, and, you know, I, at first when I... When I was starting to do comedy and I was making videos, I never really thought to ever put her in my videos. But then I saw other people pranking their own moms and dads. And I was like, yo, let me just try this on my on my mom. And if anyone's going to have a good sense of humor about it, it would be her. And uh, the first couple of times I pranked her on my YouTube channel years ago, you know, she um, obviously she was like upset or like pissed off during the filming. But then afterwards, she'd be like, oh, like, what are people saying? Or like. You know, like, like, don't do that shit again. But like, but like, really though, she would be like intrigued on like, um, what the audience is saying or you know how many views it's getting or blah blah blah. And then eventually get to a point now, fast forward like eight years, pretty much. Um, now that we're making regular videos together, uh, sometimes she directs the videos. She's like, okay, we should do this, we should do that. Okay, if I say this first, then you say that, they'll be funny, and then you know. So that's kind of like the, the you know, the, the, the vibe that we've gotten to up until this point. And yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, the day on which 
you were born and the day on which she was born are the same. Yeah, yeah, we have the same birthday, yeah, November 30th. Yeah, so do you think there's some sort of a, I don't know, a, a, a cosmic, beyond just a maternal link, but some sort of a cosmic link that, uh, that, that brings you even closer together? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I feel like if, if, if what we look like doesn't already determine how close we are, then the, the birthdays are another indicator for sure because I feel like we're exactly the same person, just in two different bodies and two different uh, eras of the world. And, um, yeah, like we're, everyone calls us twins and, you know, in terms of our looks, but also, you know, sense of humor and the way we talk and the way we also present ourselves in front of people. Yeah, it's fascinating how uh, I think sons and their mothers especially tend to bear a strong resemblance. I know I certainly do with my mother. You know, all of my features seem to have been um, um, derived from hers and, yeah. and a lot of our mannerisms as well. Mm -hmm. I think in some instances that can cause a little bit of tension, right? So, you know, yeah. people so similar, um, you know, living together for so long. There yeah. can be some tension there, but it seems like you two have just a, a beautiful relationship that is really, like I said, palpable through the screen every time the two of you are together. Now, yeah, I understand, sure. is, she, is she originally from Persia? Is she a first-generation immigrant? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so my, my parents both, are, they were born and raised in Iran, um, and um, you know they obviously immigrated to Canada uh, almost, yeah, pretty much exactly 32 years uh, up until a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, yeah, so they, they're originally from there. My brother was also born there when he was, you know, and they, they moved here pretty much when he was, like, three or four. And then they had me in Canada. And then, yeah. yeah, yeah. I see. Now, was it a, a consequence of the political upheaval in uh, in Iran around that time, in the, in the early 80s or around the 90s? Yeah, I think it was it was actually just before the revolution happened, or just as it was happening, uh, and they just like it was. There were a lot of restrictions coming down, and uh, you know the government was getting really tight on things you couldn't couldn't do, and then they're just like, "Yo, we got to get out of here because it's like it's a slippery slope." So then, yeah, they got out pretty much at the perfect time. Yeah, and I wonder if that sort of impending sense of repression and censorship um, and authoritarianism might contribute in some ways to to the way in which you express yourself and your mother encourages you to express yourself. Of course, you weren't there in Iran during right. that time and, and don't really have a memory of it, but I'm sure there's a cultural memory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that's, it's definitely true because, you know, they came here for, to, for the freedom of, you know, expressing themselves and living a better life. And they, that's what they gave me, obviously, right? So uh, I feel like I have almost a duty to go above and beyond and really go 100% in the craft I have, which is comedy and acting, to express myself as much as possible, pretty much to, you know, make up for all the, you know, things that they couldn't do back home. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's almost like a nod to, like, it's almost like a respect thing for them, you know, in, in, a, in a way to kind of, like, show them that, okay, like, I'm taking advantage of what we have here. Yeah. What we have, and and hopefully we'll continue to have, and yeah, uh, hopefully. Are, are you at all concerned about the um, the hostility toward free speech that we're kind of witnessing both here in America, where I am, and in Canada, mm -hmm. where you are? Yeah, I mean, like in Canada, it's pretty, it's it's gotten pretty wild, you know. 
there's a lot of censorship happening. There's a lot of bills being secretly passed that, you know, it doesn't favor people like me who are literally like my job is to like use words to express myself in funny ways. Um, especially with social media, you know, having a social media following and like I've been restricted so many times already in the past few years, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. And um, I, I don't know. I feel like there, as, at some point there's going to be a time where people are just, the government or whoever is going to control what people can and can't say uh, to a T. And I don't know, either people are going to riot or, you know, social media is going to die or whatever. Something, something's going to happen that's so extreme that people are just going to like lose their shit because um, it's been a while now that, I've been getting censored on online, and uh, it's hard because you're not. You're, they're pretty much stopping you from being yourself. Yeah. To the yeah. to the full length, but. But you don't think we're quite there yet. Uh, in term, no. I mean, like, yes and no. I mean, yeah. Obviously, it's better than most countries, I'd say, in the world. But you know, it, it could always be better. You know, and and I, I, but I feel like you know, in in America, I think some parts are are better because. They they uh, take their freedom way more seriously, I think, than over here in Canada. Canada people are just, you know, little. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but of um, course you are. <laughs> they're a little. They're, they're they're little. They're uh, they're little pussies over here, you know, little bitches, and uh, they kind of like they just conform to what anyone tells them to do, and they don't fight back. In America, they at least they fight back. So, yeah, I don't know. No, that's very well put, and I'm I'm very interested to know your political opinions because your approach to comedy, so far as I can tell, is maybe deliberately apolitical. And yeah. I wonder if that is deliberate, or if you know everybody has the certain stream in which he wants to swim. If it if it's a more physical comedy, an observational comedy, or a or more political, um, incisive comedy, um, I understand you to be swimming in the, the second of those two streams, a more observational com um, comedy. Mm -hmm. Do you think that in time, especially as things change politically, both in Canada and in the West generally, do you think that you'll maybe jump into the other stream and, and do a little bit more uh, political comedy as well? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was never uh, a favorite of mine to go into the political comedy, to be honest. Um, one, because I just like, I try to stay away from all that stuff just so, I, so, I don't, so I don't like you know, create different sides, you know, and um, uh, sway people in a certain direction uh, on purpose. I more so just want to express myself and my comedy with how I genuinely am as a person in my real life and be as authentic as possible. And, you know, in my real life, I'm not a political person, to be honest. I don't really, like, pay attention to that stuff as much. I mean, like, th that's not to say that in the future when I grow older and I, I know I grow more wise and I, you know, I do more research and I read more things that eventually I might take up an interest in, po in politics and also um, incorporating politics into my comedy. Uh, I, you know, I love comedians like Trevor Noah, John Stewart, those guys, the daily show. And the, you know, the, it's obviously political stuff, um, but it's not something that I am comfortable doing yet. Uh, like you said, I'm very observational and you know, I just, I like to imitate life uh, and, and, you know, just try to be funny in the, in the most like, authentic and real way as, that I know possible. And then if it happens to be political, then it's political. If it's not, then it's not. Like, I don't really pay attention to, like, what I want to do deliberately. I just kind of do it. And then um, whatever happens, happens from there. Yeah, and I think that spontaneity has served you well. <laughs> Although, yeah. you know, 
producing content at the frequency with which you do um, does demand quite a little bit of planning. I mean, a lot of your sketches mm -hmm. are are very well thought out, very clever, um, but then others are just you know you you filming yourself in your in your bedroom yeah. or what have you and, and just uh, you know yeah. enacting these these um different personalities let's say but let me ask you when did you realize that you were funny and uh do you perhaps attribute this prodigious sense of humor to being uh, the youngest in a in a family of four yeah, uh, I think automatically the youngest sibling is always the funniest. The the youngest child is always the funniest because they always. I mean, we get, I got I got pampered a lot more than my brother did, and um, you know I got pretty much I got away with most most things that he didn't. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like, but at the same time, you know, you, when you get babied so much, you uh, you lack a lot of things that you know that you can eventually help yourself with in the future. Like, you know, like the discipline was a big thing I had to learn on my own uh, growing up. And um, there comes a lot of like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not that it's like trauma, but like, you know, you, you learn to laugh your way through the things that you don't really understand or that's not working out in your favor. And so, I don't know. I feel like as a kid, uh, I just naturally was a very goofy, goofy kid. And I like to make people laugh. Every time I talk to my friends, my family or whoever I'm with, I always like to go for the joke and for the laugh, and um, I've been that that way since I was a, I was a little kid, like I mentioned. So I always kind of knew I, w I had that in me, but it really clicked for me when I was like seven or eight. When I uh, when when we had family parties at my house or other people's houses, um, my parents or their friends would make me go up in front of all of them and like try to make them laugh because they knew I was that kind of kid to like try to go for a laugh, whether it's dancing, singing, making fun of my dad, my mom. You know, whatever. Uh, I would just do it, and without even like thinking about it. Like, so you had no inhibitions to do so. You had no reservations. You boldly stepped up there and and performed at that young age. Yeah, I mean, I never even thought about it that way. That like, I never had stage fright. I never like was like sensitive about like what people thought. I don't know. I just kind of like fuck it. Like, let me. Yeah. Let, let, let's see if I can make them laugh. You know. And to this day, does that um, fearlessness persist with you? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's just who I am. Like uh, anywhere I go, doesn't matter. I don't even have to. I don't even have to know you. I could be in line at a grocery store, and like, I'll, if I see something funny, I'll like, I'll mention it out loud, or I say something to the cashier, or whatever. Like, I don't care. Like, I'll, I'll just do it. And, like, it, it literally means nothing to me. It's it, like it, it makes me happy doing it, but it doesn't like. I don't like attach anything to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if even if a joke bombs and like someone thinks I'm crazy, I'll I'll laugh at it after. Like, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, does your brother share that uh, that same kind of fearlessness, or is he a little bit more reserved? No, he's a little more reserved for sure. He, he's very funny himself too, but like within you know certain close circumstances, obviously within his friends or in a group of people that he knows. But or like you know, he's not really like as out there as I am. Like I'm, I'm kind of like fearless and careless sometimes, and like I'll just say random shit in public um, <laughs> that usually people wouldn't say or do. Um, but because they think it's embarrassing or it's weird, like, I don't, I don't feel that way. I just, I just say it. So, you know, that's why he's the manager and I'm the comedian. So, yeah. So I want to talk about that just for a moment. So Omid, your, your brother with whom I had the pleasure of corresponding the past couple of weeks, mm -hmm. uh, he's involved in your life and of course, in, in your work, as you just mentioned. Yeah. So, um, you know, aside from probably being a, you know, a, a wise, um, 
voice in your head, <laughs> um, uh, either encouraging you to do something or discouraging you from doing other things. Uh, he presides over the management of, of the Nima Naz brand. So tell me a little bit about that relationship as it pertains to your, your life as brothers and, and your work. Um, is there ever any tension or does it ever risk the uh, integrity of your relationship being that you're so intimately involved in this enterprise? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, naturally, there's pros and cons to both, right? You know, the, the, the pros of having your older brother as your manager that, and working with you day to day is that it's someone you can trust deeply, blindly trust, actually. Um, you get you get along in many different ways. You, you can, like, open up about certain things you otherwise wouldn't be able to open up to with other people. Um, and, you know, that person has their best interest in you. And that's the, that's the, the key ingredient in, in all of this, in my opinion. Um, those are all great things. But, the, you know, the downside sometimes is, yeah, when you're too close, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to separate the business with personal, right? And so that's why we plan so much and we have these coaching sessions with our other team member, Cyrus, who's my producer and editor now for the past like year or so. Um, and we have these weekly meetings where we kind of like we hash out things that maybe need, need, need that we need to touch on to improve or to step back on or whatever it is. Right. So um, what we've learned is that like the more transparent we are, the more effectively we communicate with each other, uh, the less we run into those issues and those problems. There has been times where the communication was lacking and, you know, either I screwed up on something or he did and then like ends up in like tension and then we have this massive argument or whatever. But then, you know, eventually we understand that, you know, we're here for a bigger picture and we end up obviously, um, you know, coming together and moving past it. But um, that's this isn't the, the, that's 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 the game, to be honest. You just have to keep on communicating and understanding each other's uh, interests and, um, and, you know, and boundaries. And then that's how you that's how you grow and, you know, become successful together. Yeah. And it seems as though you, you guys have a very uh, easy way of reconciling after any disagreements. And of course, as an audience, uh, as a viewer, you know, those things are all, will always be um, invisible to us. So we don't understand yeah. and appreciate, you know, everything that's going on behind the scenes. We're simply absorbing the wonderful yeah. content that you're putting out without a proper appreciation, I think, for yeah. you know, everything that's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, 100%. Um, so is it is it it's interesting though it's almost like uh, there's a mutual a mutually beneficial relationship you being kind of the talent he being the management um is it your intention with sort of the Nima Naz brand to become something of um a larger entity do you want to begin um you know uh, absorbing other comedians into your sphere and and working on the development of their careers the same way sort of you rose up independently? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, someone I really look up to is Adam Sandler, actually. Um, he's not my favorite comedian, but he's, he's one of my favorite artists, producers, whatever you want to call it, because he's built that atmosphere and that ecosystem for years, right? Like he has the same people... In the, in the in the movies every single time you know david spade rob schneider um you know I, I can't remember the other guy's names but you know he has the main core five or six actors friends who are always in the same movies together and they all rose up together and became really successful uh seth rogan same thing you know um has this little crew that he that he came up with and made movies with uh, that's kind of like what i want to do and um eventually that is our plan 
to to have my brother and you know our team you know th that are working on the back end to expand and kind of represent other comedians like myself but right now our goal is to make me into that adam sandler first and then you know we have our, our comedians that we work with all the time we collab with and then when when i've made it to when i've gotten to that point where you know we we thought okay we've done enough for nima then we can we can slowly start to bring on other comedians and actors that we want to represent and bring on into the ecosystem. So, so no plan to sell yourself out, sever all connections, and move away. And no, uh, no. <laughs> no definitely not, man. Detach from like, orbit. No, no, and no, that's, and that's, that's a very laudable, very honorable approach. And I, I see that, um, given that fraternal relationship that you have and this tight group of of friends, and I guess you could call them coworkers, you know, with yeah. whom you often collaborate. I can see that trajectory, and I think that it'll be immensely successful. You're right, and yeah, you're also you're also very modest. You understand that you know that your uh, pedigree is is rising very quickly and, and deservedly. But the hope is that you know with your flourishing, others will will be the beneficiaries as well, and they'll they'll carry on with your tailwind and and hopefully achieve the same status. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think because I, I think I think you know. One thing that I, I'm super against is to like think that you can make it on your own and get to the top on your own. Uh, one, because I, I'm not afraid for, to ask for help or get help. And two, it's just it's much more sweet being able to say you made it with your friends and you know not just yourself, but other people. Um, and I think there's something very noble about that. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned Adam Sandler as perhaps... Uh, someone to whom you look up as a, a businessman in this industry. Yeah. Um, but uh, after whom would you say, do you model your, your comedic routine? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I have a few of my favorite comedians. Um, you know, originally, obviously Russell Peters was my first inspiration into comedy. Cause I feel like my style is very similar to his. And I actually had the pleasure of meeting him and opening up for him a couple of times last summer. Uh, and that was a full circle moment for me, to be honest, and everyone back home, because we're, we're also from the same area back home, which is pretty cool. And, um, you know, he was one of the first pe people I saw on TV that was like, oh, wow, this 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 immigrant fucking brown dude is making jokes about other races on stage and he's getting laughs and he's killing it. Uh, and then, you know, then he blew up. And then for years, man, even till now me my friends my brother my family everybody we still quote some of the jokes that he he used to to tell like 20 years ago right so um he was definitely one of the first ones for me but now i'm at a point where i, I really love a lot of um uh, comedians uh, especially down in new york i love andrew schultz andrew schultz is one of my favorite comedians right now i i actually think i i see a lot of myself in him you know, obviously he's much more polished and experienced than i am but i feel like eventually that's kind of the style i want to go for um, Kevin Hart is also one of my favorites. Kevin Hart is a, is a mogul, in my opinion. Uh, I, I also want to model after him and what he's done in terms of his business, because um, you know he's not just a comedian. He's, he's Kevin Hart, the actor, the producer, the director, the writer, the businessman, the Nike athlete. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to do all that. So um, yeah, yeah. There's there's a new age of comedian slash businessman, and maybe this is general across sports, across music, across comedy, um, where I don't know how, when, it, when it began exactly, but in the past, you know, you would have this great comedian like uh, George Carlin say, and you know, he would, he would be the, the epitome of comedy, but you wouldn't know him as a, uh, a producer and a director and yeah. a 
you know, podcast didn't exist at the time, but a podcast mm -hmm. host and doing yeah. all these sort of ancillary um, adventures and projects. But that's yeah. changed, I think, for the better, much yeah. for the better. Um, so let me let me ask you: Have you any training as an actor? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I uh, I went to school for for comedy uh, and acting, so it was a two year program at this college in my hometown. And um, after that, I took a couple acting courses and stuff. But I'm more so I'm more of a comedian than I am an actor. But I feel like I also love acting just as much. And you know, eventually, I want to pursue either whether it's serious acting or comedic acting. Either way, I feel like I'm I'm, I'm I'm definitely put out to do all of it. So yeah, I, I think you're certainly well suited for that. Now I ask because I think the sharpest um, comedic arrow in your quiver is your ability to impersonate. Mm. <laughs> now, the scope of your impressions uh, is extraordinarily wide. Chefs, athletes, musicians, entire ethnicities fall within your domain. Yeah. <laughs> so some of my favorites include Jonas ordering Chipotle, you just released yes. that a couple yeah, of days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious, hilarious. Yeah. DJ Khaled uh, celebrating Christmas, Gordon Ramsay, uh, Guy yeah. Fieri. Yeah, yeah. So, and then of course your impressions of Greeks, Italians, yeah, all Indians, the Nigerians, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cubans, they're all flawless. Yeah. Um, so this ability to impersonate, <laughs> is it a result of your having trained as an actor or just having observed humankind? Yeah, I, th I think it's, um... It's more so the the latter because I grew up in Toronto, Canada, which is one of the most diverse cities in the world. It's a melting pot of cultures. And my group of friends growing up were all Chinese, Indian, uh, per, like Persian, Arab, white, you know, um, Guyanese, whatever, you, you name it. Like I had friends from all over, right? So, and to this day, I'm still friends with them. So, you know, my, my, my I always joke, like my group of friends is the United Nations, you know what I'm saying? Like... I, I got them all. And so, you know, growing up, I would always go to their houses, meet their parents, meet their families, you know, eat their food and listen to their music. And I, I immersed myself into their cultures early on. And that's why I feel like kind of branded me as the type of community I am today is because I learned from all these different people uh, how they live their lives and what their mannerisms are and how they speak and, and their accents and whatever. Right. Uh, and I just like naturally, that's just how my brain works, where I observe the minor details in people. And um, I just, I don't know, I love to, to imitate them. I love to make jokes about them because that's just how I grew up. And that's how my group of friends are. And that's how I am. So um, it's it's yeah. definitely an observation of, of humans in general and naturally just bring it out. Yeah. And you have an intuitive inborn skill to be able to do this. Uh, you're yeah. like a chameleon. When I first saw you, and I think this is something about which you joke, you know, I had no idea what your, your ancestry Background. was. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I live in South, Southern Florida and I, nice. you know, I sometimes get that as well. And people think I'm Argentinian or Italian. Yeah. So I, I get that. Yeah. But, and it's always interesting to me. Um, uh, but uh, are you ever accused of cultural insensitivity? Now, given that, <laughs> as you call it, I think your your racial ambiguity, yeah. perhaps you're you're immune to those charges. But um, are you ever subjected to them? And if so, how do you respond? Yeah, I mean, all the time. Like it's always been like that, though. You know, I, whether it's I'm getting censored by the apps itself or the people. I don't know. People always think I'm something I'm doing is inappropriate or it's cultural appropriation or whatever the fuck they think. But I, in my eyes, I don't see it that way because my intention is always good. My intention is to make people laugh and represent different cultures, 
uh, and just, you know, um, represent what life is to me. And f from my own experience, from my own eyes, that's I'm bringing that to light. So, you know, and sometimes in comedy, man, whether it's on video or on stage, you're going to say things or do things that might not fly, but you won't know until you try it. And that's the, that's the whole beauty of, of what I do is like, if you're not going to experiment, then you're never going to learn. You're never going to grow. You're never going to get better. Uh, and uh, I don't believe in not trying shit that is either out of your comfort zone or, or uncomfortable for whether it's for, for you or other people. So, yeah, I mean, every day I get people call me racist, bigot, extreme fucking, I don't know, misogynist, whatever bullshit. But it's truly not who I am, and it's not my intention yeah. to be that way. Yeah. And none of, those, none of those charges penetrate you. You seem to have a pretty thick skin. I mean, yeah, literally, physically, and metaphorically, I have a thick skin, exactly. So, but that's the, that's the game, though, you know, I, and I, 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 this is the territory that, I, that comes with what I do. And I understand that. And when I first dropped out of school to pursue all this, I knew that that was going to happen coming into it. So, you know, it's just about pushing through and having the right people in your circles to kind of like, you know, to humble you and also ground you to understand what's really going on and um, to, to never let go of your purpose and um, your intention of what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm really surprised in some ways by your humility, by your modesty. Uh, now, I don't mean to say that I expected you to be some sort of a cocky, you know, arrogant, cocky, um, arrogant <laughs> figure. But um, I will say that there's there's an emotion to which I'm occasionally susceptible, and that's that's envy. Now, I often will <laughs> watch an interviewer or um, you know a public figure who has a salary worth millions of dollars or a viewership of millions of individuals, and think, you know, that's someone than whom I'm better, for instance. Yeah. Now, as someone still early in his career, you, I mean, you've garnered some success, but you're still early in your career. Yeah. Do you ever grapple with envy? Do you look at other comedians, either well-established on network television or, you know, like a Saturday Night Live or, or even up and coming in the, in the stand-up scene and think like, this is just someone than whom I'm much funnier, much better, much more skillful. Yeah. And if that emotion does kind of creep up, how do you grapple with it? Do you repress it? Do you let it be inspiration for you? How do you deal with it? Yeah, I think it's natural for a comedian to be jealous of everybody and anybody. Um, over time, though, it, it like dies down more and more when you start to, be, you know, start seeing success of your own. Um, and you know, for me personally. I mean, I think different comedians are, are, are different. They have different mindsets. I personally think that I've grown a much better growth mindset over the years, and I have a wider scope of, like, what life is all about. And so I, I feel like I've gotten way less, you know, envious of people or, or jealous of them, obviously, because I realize that there's, one, room for everyone to eat, and, and two, everyone's different. Like, everyone has their path. And I'm not trying to force anything of my own path to go in a certain direction that, might be going well for someone else right now. Um, I, I and I, I also believe that you know you should definitely be real with yourself and not lie to yourself and 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 understand that maybe this person is at the place that you want to be because one they've been at it longer, but also they work harder than you. And it's it's not even about me being envious; it's more so being um, kind of like you know kind of annoyed and pissed at myself for not working harder. 
because I understand that, yeah, if I did work as hard as this person, I could also get there. But I'm just not there yet. And so I have to I have to almost like swallow that pride and be like, okay, like my talent can get you so far, but your skills and your work ethic will get you farther. And that's what I'm currently, you know, on on that wave right now. And so um yeah, it's more so just about how I what what the things I can control and not the things I can't. Yeah. I imagine comedians are especially skillful at uh, swallowing pride. <laughs> I mean, uh, I can't yeah. think of a, a group of entertainers who have to do that more frequently yeah. uh, and in larger amounts. You got to eat shit like crazy, bro, before you get good, you know? You got you to gotta take the L's. You got you to gotta take the hits, man. Yeah, you yeah, keep yeah. Going. You have to keep going. You can't give up. Yeah. So uh, aside from your undeniable talent as a comedian, another reason I think why fans are drawn to you is your, your candor, your openness. You know, there seems to be nothing about yourself, about which you, you won't very readily talk. Uh, so you've been very honest about your, your weight and your physical health. And I, I went back and at the beginning of the year, you post the video documenting your weigh-in. Now you look excellent. You look great <laughs> just, you know, through the computer screen. Um, but, uh, you know, the number on the scale at that time obviously displeased you. You embarked upon a 100-day challenge to, to mm -hmm. address that and to change that. Can you give us an update? How has that been for you, and and what are the results? Yeah, man. Um, I mean, I, my whole life I've struggled with my weight and like food addiction and stuff like that. Um, and I'm not afraid to I'll be open about it, obviously, uh, because I, you know, it, it's 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 always gotten in the way of other things I want to do in my life, especially now that I do comedy full time and like I'm traveling more. I've in the past like year or so, I've really noticed a lot of obstacles in the way because of my weight. That like you know, I, I, at some point I was like, yo, I gotta fucking do something about this now while I'm still young before it gets too late, and you know, I'm it's gonna be harder for me to lose the weight and also to maintain it because uh, I'm only I'm only 28 years old right now. Yeah, right? let me interrupt. Do you worry that while beneficial for your health, it could be detrimental to your brand? I I, I always wonder this. Think of Chris Farley for instance, and he has that right. iconic bit. Uh, with Patrick Swayze, it, with, yeah. when he did the Chippendales dancer, and yeah. you know, if a fit Chris Farley were to do that bit, yeah, it would be meaningless, it's not the same. right? Um, now, of course, he had other issues, you know, drug addiction, right? Yeah, for sure, yeah. Other issues. yeah. Um, but do you ever, do you ever uh, grapple with that? On the one end, it being you know better, I suppose, to be fitter, mm -hmm. but on the other end, you know, it being a, a a great asset to your comedy, like when you do David Joggins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's uproarious. I mean, it's so funny. Thanks. You know, but how do you kind of reconcile those two those two thoughts? Yeah. So I mean, these are the things that we always talk about, like my my group, my team, and everything like that all the time. Is is like I, I always ha had to fight this idea of like, man, I've I've had these thoughts all the time of, you know, if I lose the weight, like, am I gonna lose my funnier? And I literally have a joke about that on stage about like my friends, like, yo, man, like, yo, just don't lose the weight, man. You're gonna lose your funny. Like, like I'm, you know, it's a ridiculous thought to have, but I, I've had those thoughts many times. But at the same time, I realized if I'm not 100% as a human being and, and, I, and I can't thrive, then how am I going to thrive as a comedian? So, mm -hmm. you know, at some point, it's okay to like kind of fall back on like the basic easy things to joke about, you know, um, in, in, when you're first starting comedy with like, you know, self-deprecating humor about, you know, for me, my, my weight or my looks or whatever. Um, at first it's funny, it's cool, but then after a while it becomes a little hacky and 
you know, it's like, okay, what's next? Like, what else do you have? So I feel like I'm naturally at that point now where I'm like, I don't want to be the fat guy anymore. I don't want to be labeled as a fat guy. I don't want to have this a part of my brand, you know, like, cause I one, I don't I, like, I don't care how funny it is. Like if I don't feel good on the inside, I, I'm not even want to do comedy. So what's the point? Sure. Right. Sure. So there's a lot of sacrifice to be made. Um, and you know, I, I truly believe that even if I do lose a lot of weight and I actually become fit, which I want to do and I will, you know, like there's another, you know, maybe there's another, uh, avenue for me in a different path or you know my, my brand could change it could evolve it, it could be modified and people will still be on board maybe some people will be like fuck this guy and new people will be like oh i love this guy right so um i feel like th th there's nothing wrong with taking care of your health i think health is the number one priority yeah health is wealth man like as as cliche as this sounds it's true um you know like i mentioned earlier there's always been obstacles in the way but i just i'm sick and tired of being the fat guy and I just I, I want to you know change the scope and be like oh I'm a I'm a fit guy in training you know and so um, that's more so the way I want to see it and um, I know I'll get funnier in different ways because maybe it will force me to become more political because I won't have to make fun of my own size or weight you know I'll start to learn new things right so um, that's more so the way I see it yeah no that's that's really revealing what you said and and you're absolutely right one can only laugh at oneself so much it, it, you know you need yeah. a, another level of sophistication to go beyond that and to go deeper you got to go deeper right you, know, like a, right, you have right. to have add more layers because yeah you know after well, you a while know, it, it gets yeah old. you know you can rely on a cheap laugh because of whatever facial feature yeah. or weight or what have you yeah which yeah. It's, it's you know after a while if you want to be a professional community if you want to be the best then you can be making those same jokes all the time you know so yeah yeah, uh, yeah. so Appended to the emails that I received from from your brother and the, the management team is the following quote Fear regret more than failure. Mm -hmm. Now is this a quote by which you live? Is this something very important to you or? Yeah, well, it, that's a, yeah, that's actually my brother's quote that he that he lives by for sure But I, I agree with the same sentiment honestly. I, I totally agree You know if you, like I said earlier like if you're not gonna try things then like how are you gonna ever learn or how are you gonna know that you like it or not? So I'd rather just do something and fail than to like not do it and then wonder what if. Um, yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, and psych psychological studies have, have kind of proven that, that we, yeah. um, I was just reading a book and I'll mention this just briefly, but it, they talked about acts of commission and acts of omission, um, things mm -hmm. that you do or don't do, action and inaction. And yeah. we tend to regret over the long term the things that we did not do. Whereas over the short term, we might regret the things that we did do. Yeah, yeah. I think that longer term regret is is sharper. It's yeah. more painful. And so I so I think living by a creed such as that, you know, mm. wanting yeah. not to fear regret is, yeah. is apt, especially for someone in entertainment. That's so we're coming up right up to the end of our time allotment. I just wanted to ask you one more thing, and I want you yep. to describe to me and to our listeners the way it feels to finally see your name uh, in lights up on a marquee and to look at uh, a queue of people eagerly waiting to watch you, paying money to watch you up on stage to perform the routines on which you've been working for months mm -hmm. or even years. years yeah. Tell us about that. That feels amazing, honestly. It's the one of the best feelings I've ever had in my career uh I've, it's it's a it's moments that i've dreamed about my whole life my whole career to have my name up in lights and uh, on the marquee and 
the fact that you know there's people waiting in queue like you mentioned just to see me live in person do jokes that i think are funny is such a crazy idea uh, that i've made a reality and um Honestly, I'm super grateful for it, and I wouldn't want to do anything else in my life than to do the things I'm doing right now on a higher level. So, um, it's I'm I'm only going up and up from here, and um, more 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 of my name on the marquees. <laughs> Absolutely, that's why I'm so glad to have had the opportunity to talk to you now before you're too big and completely inaccessible <laughs> to to the little people like me. No, so, no, no. Uh, I'll, I'll never be too big. I'll, I'll be. Uh, too too small on my physical size but exactly. my mind will still be here you know exactly exactly i i can't wait to see that both uh, your success and your your the end of your fitness journey well if it ever ends well you know, it's you it's an ongoing it's a forever journey so yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i agree i agree next time you. you see me i'll be jacked don't worry no i expect that you'll be doing this shirtless but only you know with Fuck this, yeah. <laughs> with your shirtless eight the chain on that's it and I'll rub yeah. olive oil on my chest too, like a Greek god. Naturally, like a Greek, like okay. any good Greek would do. Like, like Stelios. <laughs> oh boy, um, we're gonna be driving all the the puck. What is it? The puck bunnies. Yeah, all the puck bunnies, all the fucking bratties. <laughs> you already know, pal. <laughs> That's it. Well, Nima, you've been so generous with your time. I wish we could go on even longer, and perhaps uh, another time we we will uh, collaborate yeah, for again, sure, man. Definitely, um, but. Uh, you know, I hardly need even need to ask, but uh, where can we find you if uh, we want to absorb more NEMA content? Yeah, um, in my mom's basement. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely a place you can see me. But no, um, I'm all over social media at, at NEMA Naz on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, um, whatever. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all over. I'm about and, to take over, baby. That's right. That's right. And of course, for what it's worth, I'll include links to all of these. Um, well-attended social media sites in the show notes below. Uh, do you have any parting thoughts before we leave? Yeah. Um, one, what is your background? <laughs> the background? The bookshelf? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, of you, yourself. You're racially ambiguous ass. Ra racially ambiguous. Do you want to know that part? The, raci the racially ambiguous yeah, part? Yeah, your, your racial background. Yeah, what's your... So my, so my mother, um, whom I look very much like, she is Russian Jewish, mm. so you and I, you know, Iranian and a Russian oh, Jewish. Oh wow! Shouldn't get her along that well, but I know, right? <laughs> but so she's Russian Jew. Uh, my father is Irish German, so that's oh, my okay. last name, Finneran. So, just, so, so yeah, that's just white. Yeah, just white. White. <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to whittle it down, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, nice. but so that's hey, all. Man. That's cool, man. And also, uh, one last thing I'd like to say is uh, I, I like how sophisticated you are. You know, in your speech and your your whole demeanor is very sophisticated. So keep, I don't know if you're trying to do that or you actually are like that, but I definitely keep that up. It's cool. Well, I've never been I've never been to acting school, so this is pretty much pretty much natural. <laughs> you know, you, I I could see you on fucking CNN Bloomberg talks and shit. You know, like yeah, yeah. You look you, like one of those like those analysts. <laughs> you should be on the news. You know. Well, if only I had a mustache like yours. Nah, I, this, I look like a fucking pedo with this. No, thing. no, you I, I, I do have to ask you, though, as someone who, who also has worn his hair quite long. Yeah. What's it like with the alteration, drastic alteration from the long oh, yeah. it's to, weird. The, to the clean look? It's weird, but, you know, it's a new look. Fuck it, man. You know, sometimes you got to change it up. I'll go yeah. back to long hair soon, though. Do you prefer it? Do you prefer the short hair, or do you find yourself doing the phantom... 
pull back where you're exactly, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. for now for now it's fine you know um i gotta obviously style it better but um you know it's 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 it's, it's, it's it was always annoying trying to upkeep the long hair so for, it's a nice yeah. little break for now yeah but, yeah well you you wore it well but i guess going into you. summer it'll be it'll be a nice yeah yeah nice and yeah. cool for you oh yeah all right. Well, Anima, again, thank you so much. I, I really do hope to talk again. Um, 100%, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Sure. And to everyone out there, fare thee well from Finneran's Wake.